RHA is a small independent audio company based in Glasgow, Scotland. Now they make headphones that combine smart design with premium materials to enhance the way you work, play, and connect, starting at just $30. Better yet, these things look sleek. They guarantee lasting performance and quality on their entire award-winning range of products with a three-year warranty. So check it out. Go to rha.co.uk slash bite. That's our promo code spelled B-Y-T-E. At the checkout, get 20% off and free delivery for any product. Again, that's rha.co.uk slash bite. Let's get to the show. Morning world. My name is Stephen Beach, a producer of the Applebyte Extra Crunchy Podcast. With your host here in studio in San Francisco, in the, in the flesh, Mr. Brian Tong. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is episode one oh seven of the Applebyte Extra Crunchy. It is iPhone launch week. It is iPhone launch day when we're recording this. But before we get into all the things that were happening, we want to jump right to it because we have our man. CNET's own Scott Stein, the CNET review extraordinaire. Um, he has it in his hand. I, I do want to preface this. Scott Stein has literally been working nonstop <laughs> since, what is it, like Monday a.m. overnight, basically? Is that when, it, when, it, when they got you the phone? Monday, uh, Monday about noon is when I started setting it up. So we've been about four days. We've been uh, working really constantly, and, uh, and I have gotten up. I've gotten about one and a half hours of sleep one night and three another and somewhat normal the other nights. I was at the CBS broadcast center for about five hours one day and five hours another day too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been in high demand. And so we appreciate you coming to the show and we can hear it in your voice. And Scott said, I'm going to give you 10 minutes of my time. And if I pass out, I pass out. So we're going we're gonna to respect true story, that. True story. I was asleep on the sofa uh, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and I slacked him. I wrote in our, through our corporate messaging app. I'm like, uh, are you going to still be on the show? Like, dude, are, are you bailing? He's like, oh, I just woke up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I could do it. I was delirious. I am delirious right now. So you're going to get some some thoughts this is actually the best thoughts okay so scott uh the first point i want to hit obviously let's talk about the iphone 10 you reviewed it you've talked about a lot of this ad nauseum but i think you can get in more detail and also the delirium does actually make it more interesting to me yeah let's let's jump right into it i i've used it obviously the home button is probably feels it's face id in the home button but the home button feels like the biggest change you've had it now for almost a week what what are your thoughts on it? We're forced. We're going to be forced to get used to it. That's why I find it interesting. How do you feel about it now after all these days? Yeah, well, it's uh, now in my delirious thought. I'm thinking of like the first iPhone when we had to think, learn how to type on on the screen, and people said, "Oh, I'll never get used to keyboards," and and we did. So maybe it's kind of like that. You know, I feel that um, everyday stuff I did with it felt a little different, and it was frustrating, right? Because the home button is really convenient. Now, getting rid of the virtual home button now means you're going to be swiping up, which is not as easy for one-hand use. But I started to get used to that, and I started kind of getting used to the feel of the interface in general. And I think it's about trade-offs for getting that nice, huge screen. And so that's what this phone is about. Do you want to learn the new language in exchange for the screen? And I think that screen and that size are really worth it. Do you know? Could there have been better ways to do the interface? I don't know. Like I feel like sometimes, yes. But um, I, I feel like in general, um, maybe Apple will either figure that or I'll figure it out. So 
that's that's kind of the story of the 10 is that it's like I, I related it to shaving my beard. It was like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about that. But I do feel like I love the design of this 10. Um, I don't know if I'd want to pay a thousand for it, but just because I don't spend like crazy amounts of money on things all the time, uh, I don't like to. But I think that it's worth it if you've been waiting and you want to show off a phone that is the best iPhone right now. You know, I, I think that also using the phone itself, what what stands out to me is, look, someone, there's going to be a variety of different people, right? Apple has such a mass appeal. You'll have the young techies, the, the millennials, the people that are super tech savvy that are going to embrace this and use it. But one thing that I did find interesting, like this phone is not going to be for my mom. Like my mom already has a problem with the home button. Okay. Yeah. So like to be for, for those type of users, you're not going to all of a sudden say, Hey, go get a 10. It's it literally, there's times where you start, you swipe or you feel like you want to touch somewhere and nothing happens. You're like, uh, I even don't, I, how did, did you get used to the idea of control center being in that top corner where you couldn't just access it with one finger? You had to like really almost use two hands and reach into that top right corner. I do not like control center in the that. top right corner. I do not like it at all. Cause I think control center is great and bring it up from the bottom is the way to go. Actually, someone I retweeted had the solution, which was they should just include Control Center as a tool alongside multitasking when you swipe up and hold, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. iPad does. Do that. Just make it accessible from the bottom because even with accessibility, reachability, reachability is on the phone, which which drops the screen down, but you have to swipe up off the bottom edge and yeah. it is impossible to pull off. Like yeah, it's hard. I, you can't get that. That's a sweet spot you have to hit. It's so weird. And it doesn't most of the time I can't get it to work. And that's the only way you could potentially reach up to the corner for a control center. It's almost like deliberately inaccessible. Like it's um not not what I would like to have. And I think control center is so key for so many different things. So that's one thing. I think the flicking the swipe up instead of home button is a good way to go. I kind of feel as I burp. Um, that's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to admit that that was a burp at that point. I love it. I um, love it. Swipe. I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's like I'm drunk. Um, so basically swipe up is like drunk history, uh, iPhone, <laughs> drunk review. iPhone review history. Yeah. And then, and then, and pre, you know, then president Lincoln. And so you swipe up, uh, and you get used to it. I think it's like flicking apps away and so that gesture, I actually, and the one I thought was the weirdest, I actually started to get the hang of, and I really liked doing with both hands, but with one hand, I still feel like the home button is so convenient. You know, the other disconnect that I found immediately is the way you use the iPad with iOS 11 is now totally different than the way you use it on the iPhone, and that is that is really odd to me from a standpoint of, look, right, Apple is always... And I know that this is like their future concept phone, right? We know this is what they have as envision as the future. But when you have multiple devices that are doing different things, even though the iPad has a home button, accessing Control Center on the iPad is different than accessing Control Center on the iPhone. And I think you know yeah. you swipe from the bottom up, and it's all there here because the bottom swipe. I, do you feel they should have, or maybe I know they've explored it, but the idea of a virtual home button would have been okay. Yeah, I think it would have been okay. And it's something that's a a point that I was saying before, too, that, you know, other phones like the Note 8 and others have a, you know, area where you press that's the home button on a screen. That's an Android thing that's Mm -hmm. very common. And I'd still like to see the iPhone explore that at some point, because I agree, there's something comforting about that. And you can't I want the screen to 
evolve into the button itself. Mm-hmm. And I want 3D touch to be used more. I feel like 3D touch is so underutilized in navigating the interface. Like I want to be able to press into things and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, wipe away apps by pressing into them. Or I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like there's just ways that you could do this with the screen that doesn't have to involve like a swiping gesture. But I think that I, I think what we're ta- what were we talking about before then? I was talking about um, <laughs> the disconnect like, between what, the what? I, the disconnect between the iPad yes. and the iPhone's interface. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really am like delirious. No, so, I love that you're here. Thank you. You know, you know, I'm. But, but no, but that. Uh, well, thank you. Um, but I think that the I, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But the iPad and iPhone are different now, and I think that is super funky. Although I think it also points to something else. I want the iPad to continue growing into a MacBook alternative. And that's a growth path that I think is still in process. And uh, the iPad's growing into an even more full-fledged computer. But right now, it's still very much of a, of a familiar connection to iPhones. And so the language is starting to split, but it's like a gentle split, mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird. So I actually want them to go even further. I want the evolution to continue and really diverge and uh and and then maybe it won't be so bad but right now that is the weird thing too is that so you have touch id on a lot of other devices you have a lot of different interfaces on a lot of other iphones and other things and right now the 10 stands alone and that's a strange place to be because you you may have devices now like you said ipads or even other iphones or the apple watch they all kind of share or don't share they all have different ways of doing their own thing I think it's the most fragmented we've actually seen the Apple ecosystem in iOS ever. And just kind of rewinding back to one of your points about 3D touch, you know, everyone's going to have to learn how to use the new iPhone 10 with this new interface language. And it was one of those things where when I first saw 3D touch, I was excited because I'm like, this is awesome. This could be a game changer, but they never built in any functionality that forced people to use it. Right. Some people to this day, don't even really use or even really quite honestly don't even really know that 3D touch exists on their phone. And yeah. so that is to me it was like you said an opportunity to okay if you 3D touch somewhere on anywhere on the screen and that could be your home button that's almost better to me than using a swipe because you just do a little hard press and that's instantly the home button and then people would be like oh I get what 3D touch is about maybe it'll evolve you know they've they've made mistakes in interfaces before like the apple watch how we've seen how watch os has completely evolved and i love it now but uh it's just interesting that 3d touch is is this underutilized interface that could tie things together more from whether it's ipad iphone but it it still hasn't really been used in that way yeah it's a, it's a story in progress for me that i'm trying to like <laughs> think about but that's exactly it cuz i've said for a while i think 3d touch in concept is really great in execution in terms of what it is in iOS. It's not even used to any degree of what it's capable of. I mean, there's a whole gradient that that 3d touch can do uh, and and is, and is super sensitive and you almost never see that you see that in like a couple of games, but, or like drawing apps, but a lot of times it's just a push in and that's it. And it's just to do something that's essentially like, like a hold tap you know, that you could duplicate on something without 3D touch. Maybe it's for consistency, but heck, if you're doing a whole new phone, 
that already has its own language, why not push that envelope further? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Scott, I know I'm going to ask you one more question that we can dig into, and then I'm going to literally let you go. Uh, yeah. Face ID is obviously the other big thing here with the iPhone 10. You did a great thing where you li- and you said earlier you literally shaved your beard. Did you do it for the iPhone 10 or you actually wanted to shave your beard? I need no, to know I that. For the, I did it for the iPhone 10. <laughs> Did it, I did it all for the iPhone 10. Real confession. Uh, Talk about Face ID and how, how, how you felt using it over time up to this point. What do you think of it? Yay, nay. Are you, a, are you sold on it or you're like, oh, it's all right right now. We know it's going to get better. Um, so I, I think Face ID surprised me in that it worked with more of my facial hair configurations. <laughs> I love this montage. <laughs> um, this is the best it gets. I'm so much more haggard now. Um, that... That is, um, that's the thing that surprised me. And I thought that was great. Oh, this, this, this really does work. But the difference between it working as, as a, again, conceptually and sort of like always being instantly logging you on, uh, in a way that feels seamless and buttery smooth, that doesn't always happen. And that doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it might be the way my hand is positioned and angled. Sometimes it might be that it just didn't get it because every once in a while, Unlike when you put your finger on touch ID, even that fails sometimes, um, you know, just sometimes it just didn't get it. And I don't know why. And rarely. And then other times it's that I didn't get the combination of like, oh, I, I actually need to swipe up. Or if somebody sees your iPhone and that triggers the, you know, hit your passcode to use it again thing, which is what happens if somebody looks at your iPhone and it's not you. Mm-hmm. So which happens a lot. So. Um, you know, those are all those things and it, it, it makes it just something that doesn't quite feel as automatic right now. And then, you know, will that feel comfortable because it's so it's Apple's credit that it's so easy to use touch ID on the home button. It was yep. a brilliant innovation, yep. man. You click it and, and just by clicking it, you've already done the scan. That was brilliant. And I think that I just think that face ID, as much as it's going to be a factor going down the road and be something you're going to see in a lot of stuff and is the beginning of something new for Apple, it doesn't currently have that brilliant uh, utilization the moment you use it. Like the that plus swipe up is like a bit of a disconnect. It's two steps. No matter what you say. It's two steps. It's two steps. Yeah. And that's like weird. It's weird. And, And that's why I was saying in the review, it's weird. Like that is just a weird not normal thing. Uh, you know, I think if you lifted it, everyone just wants it to unlock, or maybe that's something you could have as an option, or maybe you just tap the screen. Now it has to tap the screen to wake up, which is nice. You could tap the screen, face scan, and it wakes up. Something that just feels like, you know, tap the voila, swipe. Twi- voila. The swipe is, yeah, it just feels extra. extra. It does. It, it feels exactly. It feels like extra, and it doesn't show up. So the cool thing and interesting thing is if you use any. Touch ID apps that now use Face ID, as you use the phone, you'll notice that it's kind of crazily automatic. Like the, um, if you use an app like Amazon or something else, all of a sudden it'll just scan your face. The face thing will, will transform and your user information will be entered. And <laughs> you'll, it'll, just be like, it'll just be like this kind of magic window where it's like, and then, you, and then it's kind of scary because you think like, oh, did it just like log me in for something? And usually I think you still have to enter, you know, you still have to hit the, the, the return or the dot, you know, whatever it is to log in. But it just means that instead of usually you do that, do touch ID, iCloud keychain. Now it's like, we already got you. 
uh, keychained away without you doing anything. Now just tap to log in. And that's pretty cool because it, it's getting to the point where it feels like it'll just know who you are for all your apps. Yeah. I, the other question I had and scary. Yeah, yeah it is yeah, very scary. Like we give our information yeah. to all these companies now. It's we're already done so when it comes to that. Uh, the yeah. other th- question I had is, did you get to use it that much at retail, like point of sale displays? Because I I haven't yet, obviously, but I feel like you know you angle your phone a lot differently when you're trying to put it near a point of sale purchase, and you don't have it aligned up with your face. I felt like Touch ID was so easy because you don't even have to be looking at your phone. You can just double click the home button, the wallet's there. Do you have to align yourself a little better when you use it for payments at like at retail shops? Well, what you have to do, I've only used it at a couple of point of sale spots. I'm going to use it more for that. Uh, is that it, it's 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 like you have to load the phone with the capability to pay. So you bring it out of your pocket, you're double clicking, now you're scanning. Now it says hold near reader. So Damn. now I could bring it over and pay. That's way that's a so way a, longer interaction. Yeah, so it's going to be this like, hang on a sec while I while I make my face work. Now I'm going to pay. And whereas normally you would just bring it over and pay, and it would just work at when you're already there at the terminal. Now you have to like have the second. Yeah, that's what I thought, and then but I wasn't 100 like, percent sure. You know. Yeah, so it does mean that you can reach across and pay for stuff, and you don't have to like stick your face in something. Yeah, but you just have but to. But it is bring weird. It it is weird just because it's a different process, and I, I don't think that's going to take much longer. And I do maybe do like the side button because I actually accidentally purchased something the other day where I clicked the home button kind of like semi-deliriously as I was browsing <laughs> iTunes, and I like bought an episode. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. I just purchased something I could I already have on stream. Hold, hold on, hold but, on, hold on. Well, didn't you also accidentally purchase like an Xbox on Amazon one time? <laughs> yes, was I that did. You? That was you. Yeah. I remember yeah, it was yeah. you. There was a story was about it. First, like I accidentally – you accidentally like Apple paid a, a like an Xbox or something on the Apple Watch. I actually <laughs> bought an Xbox on the Apple Watch. That was my one of my first viral moments uh, when uh, pre AirPods when uh, we did that and it was really stupid and I didn't mean to and then it became like a story that people. I've seen a pattern covered. here, Scott. I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> there, there is a pattern. There is a pattern, and it goes back like when I used to work in like other magazines. I used to do. Uh, like other gear tests and things like back before there was like functioning internet where I would like do crazy gear tests. So yeah, it's a pattern. So I would say that, uh, I would say that I, I don't mind the double click on the side. I not wild about bringing things up to my face. Um, and I also need to give it more time because I think that this is like four days and it's definitely not enough time to really know if the training wheels have come off yet and whether, you know, the point between you say, Oh, I've gotten used to it. And, oh, yeah, I'm still not going to get used to this. Like, this is not not good for me. So I'm in the middle zone now where I can say parts of it were weird and parts of it I'm getting used to. But I still am like yeah. TBD. Hey, Scott, um, the Face ID has like these little lights that flash. Is that annoying to you when, when you use that? Like, I could see that being annoying in a movie theater or something. But is it something you could turn off or what, what do you think about that? Which lights? Like, do you mean the? Um, it's like these little like purple the, lights I keep seeing in all the reviews. They like flash. Oh, you know what? It only forth. is caught on camera. Only cameras catch those lights. Oh, only cameras. Yeah, see that. yeah, yeah. We oh, don't. So we don't. Like, yeah, it's I didn't like even an RF signal or something. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't even see that. So yeah, all that infrared stuff you do not see. Um, it is, you know, 
scanning across your face with thousands of dots, and uh, and it doesn't happen all the time because it's it, it, it does use power. I think I think it's a pretty big power drain on the phone because when I use Face ID or any of that um, an emoji stuff a lot in demos, the phone gets a little bit little toasty, more than a little toasty. It gets quite warm, and so it makes me wonder if if apps that are going to be heavily using that in the future will be limited because. Uh, every other time the phone was cool, but it just, it does tax it, but it, you don't see anything when you're using it. Hey, so, oh, oh, go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. Overall. So battery life has been okay for you. Like, have you had any problems with the batteries so far? Yeah, it's been okay. I mean, it's not been, it's not been great. It's been kind of like iPhone standard. I would call it like, um, I, I mean, I power use phones, I guess I've never had an iPhone regular or plus that has gotten to the point where I go. Oh my God, the battery life is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, I'm, I'm always wishing it had more. I usually tend to need a recharge later in the day. I'd say that, I'd say the 10 probably feels a little, it, and as Apple said, a little better than the eight or seven. Um, maybe about the same or a little worse than the plus, but similar in terms of like when I got into work, I was about like 70% and you know, six, maybe 69% were on a bad commute with crappy service, which drains battery. So, um, our battery benchmarks are, are, are just about finished and, and, you know, we're, we've been finishing those up and I'd say it's, it's between the eight and the eight plus, All which right. is okay. That's good. Hey, Scott, a last thing before we let you go. So what is your kind of, at least up to this point, because it is still TBD, where do you stand? Just the overall take on the phone I, I still feel like it's not for everyone, but, you know, I guess you could almost divide it. Like, who is this phone really for right now? Yeah, well, so the fi- I mean, the final review did go up and we're just adding tiny bits to it, but we did put the rating on it. I think it's the best iPhone. And I had to think about that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows, I think, because I, I'm not wild about some of the gesture interface stuff, but I think it will be a growing pattern. I think it's the sweet spot in design and screen i think that's fantastic i don't think it's the phone for everyone and i think app i think back to when i reviewed the iphone 5 that period of time in apple's cycle they had one iphone a year and it was the iphone for everyone that was, i remember feeling like the iphone 5 is a phone that everyone should be getting mm-hmm. and i think that's changed now and i think apple has created a lineup that's also changed they have a variety of iphones and a ton of iphones for sale and it's kind of an acknowledgement of that i really wish that the 10 was a little bit easier to use, and I wish that it was more affordable, so that it could be the one that everyone could be getting right now. And that may be, that may come, obviously, in the Next future. Year, yeah. yeah, but it's create. I, I I hope so, but you never know. I mean, maybe they just continue creating three products. That, I mean, their product lineup keeps blossoming into more and more items. So I'm not entirely sure. They may just keep selling uh, a Touch ID one alongside it. Maybe they'll have two different sizes of 10. I kind of wonder if they're going to go 10 plus. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's the something... next evolution is, right? Everyone's pointing to that. I mean, the rumblings are there. Why not? I mean, they do that with every other product they make. Yeah. I mean, there's multiple sizes of, of everything. Actually, even Apple Watch. So, I think that um it, it it proves that you could have a larger sized one and keep it more manageable in size. And so that that's the question is, do you want to wait it out and see where this thing goes or dive in now? Uh, and I think the th- I think just think a thousand dollars is a lot of money. I think no matter which way you slice it, I think you could say sure it's worth it, uh, and I think it is as a bump up in cost. But a lot of the the best features for this are are design. 
because you're getting the same processor, you're getting the same, a lot of the same camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're getting, even though they call it a 10, like it's next year's phone, it is this year's phone with maybe next year's design. Yeah, that's that's great, Scott. So you know what? Thank you so much for hanging and spending a del- your delirious time with us. Like you stayed of course. 10, 20 more minutes than you said you would. And so we loved your insight. We always love having you. So Scott, um, enjoy your weekend. And if I don't hear from you for a week, it's probably because you're in a coma. <laughs> yes, I'm about to pass out. I'm more awake now than I was, and I will be more asleep later than I am now. <laughs> awesome. All right, Scott Stein. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Brian. Awesome. All right, so... Scott Stein giving us the 411 on the iPhone 10. He's had it the longest out of any person here at CNET. Uh, I'm still waiting to get mine because, well, it should be coming in the mail. I'll be flying home tonight and I'll pick it up. But conveniently, I did want to tell you this. My iPhone 7 went into an infinite loop boot where it just keeps on rebooting really? and rebooting. I tried to do the force manual restart. It wouldn't stop it. And it just come, and then also I noticed there was like a chip on my Touch ID. All of a sudden, like I've never dropped it, but the actual uh, laminate on it is chipped a little bit. And so, of course, coincidentally, the day, the night before the new iPhone 10 comes out, is it is it broken right now? Won't start at all? Oh no, it won't. That's I mean, crazy. I, I just tried power. It it just loops out. So Did I'm probably gonna Apple? have to put it. You know, I'm gonna probably have to put it in DFU mode and restore it. But I have to connect to my home phone. It just I just love how coincidentally it didn't work today we were outside at the line all day and uh we had some we had some fun we're gonna put up a great video of what we did the line but yeah my iphone didn't work so guess what i used the whole day so far what what was that apple watch series 3 lte baby and i'm loving i love this way you put it in dfu mode there's a mode that basically puts in like a disc (laughs) restore mode oh i thought that stood for something else yeah dude damn f you apple Apple. That's good. That's good. All right. So let's just take a break. We will read a little note from our second sponsor today. Oh, yes. It's our friends coming to us from Jamf. Now, we've heard them before because they show nothing but love to us. Jamf software, Apple device management can be time-consuming work, especially if it's not your day job. But with Jamf now, keeping you up with your equipment is a breeze. Jamf now helps you manage your Apple devices from anywhere. Even as your business grows, you'll be able to keep track of everyone's Macs, iPhones, iPads, and iPhone 10s with ease. You need to secure that iPad that your sales rep lost on a business trip because he wasn't paying attention. He was having too much fun. Jamf's got your back. Jamf now also allows you to configure settings, protect sensitive information, even lock or wipe a device no matter where you are. That's why you can focus on your business and not your IT. So this is what we got for you. Our listeners can set up their first three devices for free, add more for just two bucks a month per device, and start securing your business today. Go to jamf.com slash crunchy to create a free account and set up your three free devices today. That's jamf.com slash crunchy. And we use our IT guys here. Use Jamf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's not why they sponsored us. <laughs> that's not why. I mean, it helps. Just a coincidence, a it quinky just, dink. Yeah, quinky dinky. Yeah. So let's talk about iPhone launch day. I was at the line uh, at 6 a.m. in San Francisco today. How did that go, man? Well, you know, the Union Square store in San Francisco is the flagship store. And uh, Apple even put up, like, photos of all the different um, different stores. Oh, this is not that video. Oh, this is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It said lines okay. or something. Yeah. Waiting on the line. There's a, there's a link <laughs> with the stores that Apple, like, kind of showcase what the store's openings look like around the world. But at uh, San Francisco, the energy was honestly really great. 
you know, I guess what? Like I do buy a lot of Apple products and we do like to be critical of the brand because we're putting down our cold, hard cash for it. But when you go to these Apple events, you just, you honestly feel and see the power of the brand. There were about 400, about 400 people wrapped around two sides of a San Francisco block waiting to get the iPhone 10. And sometimes you're like, why, why didn't you just get it online? I talked to a lot of them. They said, look, it says two to three weeks. I wanted, I'd rather just wait in line to get it today. So I think a lot of people were like that. We had a line for pre-orders, lines for people that were just walking in, but everyone was excited about it. The first person in line was there since Sunday. Oh my gosh. So they've been there for five, roughly five days. Wow. Waiting to be the first in line for the iPhone 10. It's like, do something with your life, bro. Look at all the happiness on all these people's faces, though. They you know, do I think look very happy. It, it's, you know, when you're away from it, you don't feel the energy, but there's a lot of energy and it's fun. I'm the first to admit, like, I like, you know, it's a material good, but I like seeing people like happy about it. I wish they looked at their child, children like that. <laughs> uh, for some people, these are their children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was, a, it was a great time at the San Francisco store. I'm trying to think if anything stuck out to me. All I'm saying is just watch the actual Apple Bite episode that we're putting up today from the line. We had a good time. So what was that? That You had an iPhone 10 yesterday morning. Who, whose was that? Was that CNET's? It's CNET's iPhone 10. Yeah, it was, you know, I played tell with me, it. Tell, for, me what you th- tell me what you thought, right? I played with it for like a good, I don't know, maybe five minutes. The swiping was definitely had to get used to it, you know, like figuring out where to, where to swipe from and this and that. After five minutes, I was like, it's, it's just another iPhone. That's exactly you know what I mean. That's how I felt. And I wanted to see how you looked at it. I wanted to see how JK looked at it. Okay, let I, this is not sacrilegious, and I tweeted this. I did feel like the design is great, but when you actually use it, what well, you just swipe left and right, look up and down. You don't really do much because we know what they do. Yeah. Sometimes it felt like, wait, it's a little underwhelming, right? It's, it's totally – right? I, I, I've had that, that feeling with like the last two iPhones I bought. Like When you get them in first, you're like, oh, my God, this is the latest phone, the hottest phone, the best phone out right now. After like five minutes, you're like, okay, it's it's an iPhone. You know, I know how to swipe with it. I know how to use the apps. I'm gonna slap a case thing. on it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put a case on it and everything. But I, we're not trying to, you know, be a buzzkill. I think there's a lot of people that work really hard for their iPhones. I put out a video after the pre-order of the iPhone, and we're gonna have some calls about that. But I wanted to put out an honest video about how I felt after dropping a thousand dollars plus on it. And some people just instantly got mad, like, oh, you're killing my buzz. Screw you. You can't afford it if you're poor, blah, blah, blah. It was honestly a video just to offer perspective. Yeah. Like, I wasn't trying to make people feel bad about it. Like, I'm excited about new technology. It was your feeling from your heart. Yeah, it was just my feelings about everything that's been happening around us. And just like, you got to stop for a moment sometimes. That's all. And just be like, wow, we're really lucky to have this stuff. So, uh, it was today has been crazy. I think there's going to be plenty of news stories covering the launch day events, but it was fine. But at the end of the day, it feels like an iPhone, which is a good thing, but it also feels like an iPhone. Yeah, totally. I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me is when you hear some of our, uh, some of our reviewers that got it for the first time, they, I think almost everyone that got it for the first time that didn't use a manual, they're going to, there's times where you just start swiping around. Like, how do I do this? Cause there's no home button. Yeah. And that I had that, I had that feeling for a minute. I'm like, how do you, how do I get home from, from inside an app? Yeah. I had to figure that out, and it's like a swipe up, which is not what I'm used to at all, you know? So just feel feel weird. Like, the home button is missing. I do miss it. And home. It's like home. It's like where we all want to be. We want to be home. I want to be home. Happy. 
You know Beach, what I mean? I'm home right now with you. This is home. <laughs> We're home, man. People watching this and listening, they always say, dude, I love it when you guys are in the studio together. Why are you not in the studio together? Apple's trying to take our home away from us. Why? They took our home away. They took it away. And they're giving us the home pod instead. <laughs> We're I don't want a home pod, man. I want a home pod. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> man, I already got a song in my idea in my head already. Dude, I'm all about it, man. We'll see if the lawyers let us do it. We don't. Yeah, there's a reason we haven't been putting out music videos. Lawyers, lately. legal. I ain't want no fun. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's just talk about a couple quick more things. Uh. Just things that have been happening around the iPhone. In case you didn't know, Apple released the latest iOS updates. So iOS 11.1, that is official, has been rolled out. It allows you to get access to the 70 plus new emojis that we all know that everyone is hyped up about. Uh, we also saw. Watch OS 4.1, probably the most exciting update out of all of them, because now uh, Series 3 LTE watches can do streaming audio over LTE. This includes radio stations like our parent company, CBS awesome. News, ESPN, Bloomberg, and uh, Q- KQED. And then you also have access to streaming radio for free uh, to radio stations based on genres like the 80s, hip-hop, pop, rock, all that, classical. And in addition, if you have an Apple Music subscription – you can stream Apple Music directly from your watch. That like, is dope. You know, I I told you my phone broke down, and I've been using my watch exclusively today, and it's, it's like it's a lifesaver. It told I don't even care about the fact that I don't have my phone. Honestly, I just missed it for taking photos at the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just miss using my phone as a camera. So, so. it feels like a full like replacement, pretty much uh, for you. Huh? Well, how about this? Staying connected without being yeah. interface connected. Yeah, totally. And I love that. I honestly, I love that. So. Uh, we have that going on. Also, obviously, macOS High Sierra was updated. They get access to the emojis and a few bug updates. And then tvOS for the Apple TV also gets some updates, which allows you people that are like kind of the video files to tweak some of the settings, uh, whether they want the dynamic range on, matching frame rate on. Uh, you can kind of play with that with the Apple TV. So those are kind of all the iOS updates across the board. Everything was updated, so you can check that out now. Um, but I did want to say after that update, Apple put out this fun little kind of fun little blurb. And I don't want you to look. Did you look at the article yet? I don't want you to look at the I, article I didn't, yet. no. Okay. No. What do you think is the most popular emoji that oh, is used in the United States? I did look United at that article. States? I'm sorry. But it makes sense. The uh, the guy crying with the crying, happiness. The, the sad crying, like the laughing out, the LOL <laughs> yeah. sad cry, which... I do like that one. I use that all the time. Yeah, it works. Like my top three are the crying face... The eggplant and the peach. Yeah, yeah. I like the dude with the sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. Get, <laughs> That's oh, my fave. The splat. The splash mark. Yeah, the splash mark. Splash mark. Yeah. I, there was like this article I read. I think it was like a Vice article or something yeah. about like if you want to get get laid by you know. <laughs> keep going. Keep telling me. Keep telling me. <laughs> if you want to meet some millennials and get laid, use these emojis and it like had a list. Of, <laughs> Are you serious? And the sunglasses one was there, and of course the you know the. Uh, Peach booty. The, yeah, the, that one in the... Eggplant. Eggplant, yeah. Man, I thought I was... You know, I feel like I was one of the originals to use the <laughs> eggplant. Like, way back when emojis first... I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. In fact, before I used the eggplant, I didn't even use emojis. You know what I use? I use the number eight, and then the equal, 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 equal sign, and then a greater than sign, less than sign. <laughs> Put it together, y'all. That's this is like... We still had internet when I was doing that, so yeah. just... We're, we're like the first. Together. We're the first gen to create this whole language with like pagers and stuff. You know, yeah. like Motorola pagers. Oh, yeah. We were we were doing all that like back in the nineties. I think they came up with a term for like 
the generation that's really in our wheelhouse that's beat it's like a what they call it, like a not a mid generation but like a floating generation oh yeah that's yeah. like from like, like 79 yeah 79 to 83 Zennial or something yeah, like Zennials. that yeah um we're kind of that we were we experienced yeah. no tech and we experienced tech all together but yeah, it's like the small the window of time anyways if anyone uses my um my non-emoji trick and can benefit from that i'm all about that <laughs> i am all about that uh, also just to kind of before we wrap things up apple earnings came out yesterday this is obviously doesn't factor in the surge of iphones because they are pre-ordered so that would require them to be um, put in the books before that but apple posted a revenue of 52.6 billion dollars a net wow. quarterly profit of 10.7 billion dollars which was the revenue and earnings per share numbers, company records for the fourth fiscal quarter. The total profit fell short of its figure from 2015 after all is said and done. But what it shows you, if it has a record quarter, is the strength of not only the product line, but the iPhone line is, because it's so diverse, it's actually working to Apple's advantage. Yeah, look at this pie chart, man. iPhone is in red. iPhone net sales. 55% sales uh, or iPhone and revenue. So we have services that would be like Apple Music and iCloud is 16%. 14% is Mac sales. 9% is iPad sales. And 6% is other, which would be like AirPods, Apple TV, and Apple Watch. The other thing to break down how many units of you know devices were sold, Apple sold 46.7 million iPhones, up from 45.5 in the year ago iPad sales were up 10.3 million or sorry we're up to 10.3 million compared to 9.3 million in last year's fourth quarter of 2016 and Mac sales rose from rose from 5.4 million to 4.9 million I'm sorry I can't really talk it's it's also worth to mention like I just saw this this new story this morning but Apple has passed 900 billion uh, market cap is that and, the high uh, is that a record I, I I don't know if it's a record, but I think it's the highest Apple's ever made it to. It's it's a Bloomberg report that just came out about four Briefly hours ago. Briefly passes nine hundred billion dollars. I mean, that's incredible. They're they're almost to a trillion dollars, man. They're getting close. That is insane. Just well, you know, hundred billion, they go, they'll be there. You know, they're so uh, they're so successful that people are actually making fake Apple stores now. <laughs> and in the in last, China, right? No, no, in New York. <laughs> really? So check this out. That was the video that you went to. Let's go in the rundown. I'll talk about it. But we have um, – if you you guys and gals have to subscribe to the channel Improv Everywhere. Everywhere, It's hilarious. They're from New York. They do these great kind of – I guess you could call them stunts. But because the New York Glass Cube Apple Store is under renovation, they found a Glass Cube like <laughs> subway stop and turned it into a faux Apple Store where they had people waiting in line for it. Um, people that can't see this, they basically apply an Apple logo to the store. They end up dressing people in Apple shirts and people come by and say like, oh, what, what's going on here? They're like, oh, it's the new Apple store. They're like, what? So they bring out fake employees and then they created this long line as if you were waiting for an iPhone 10, a guy's (laughs) yelling, we're only limiting you to two phones per customer. And then people rise up from the subway elevator out of this cube holding Apple retail bags as if they bought something and and then the employees clap for them. (laughs) 
<laughs> so awesome. How long did this go on for? Just like a couple hours? Uh, I don't. I have no idea. I'm sure they did it for uh, for a while. They had news media. That's fake news media. That's funny. But uh, people are looking at it like, huh? I just just great, just genius stuff. You gotta <laughs> you gotta love people. That's pretty cool. All right, should we get to our calls? Let's do it. Let's man. do it. We got a lot of good calls. All right. Thank you all. Let me make sure there's nothing playing on this computer. And before we get to the calls, you know what? I forgot <clears throat> to tease in the beginning because we were so busy. You guys and gals can call us. You're a part of the show, 1-800-616-2638. We're just impressed by how many calls we get these days. Yeah, man. Like, Apple by Nation is running deep. Yeah, we got, like, over 20 calls this morning and a lot of long calls, really good calls. Um, we had to cut it down to six, and we that's still a lot of calls. That's still a lot of calls. Yeah, so thank you guys all for calling. Um, here, I'll go ahead and play the first one. And there's one nothing here. personal. Sometimes we answer the calls within the show. Sometimes they're just too long and yeah. not broad enough for our audience to answer. So we, we appreciate it, though. Everything you guys do, guys and gals, we love but it. Oh. Sometimes there's bad connections, too. So that I almost know. I burped there while I was talking. Don't too. get your feelings hurt if you're yeah. not on the show. Apple by Nation repping. <laughs> here we go. Hi, this is Johnny D out of Detroit Rock City. Yeah. I was just wondering if Apple will ever come out with a rugged version of their phone like Samsung and other companies do. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Let me know. That'd be great to hear about it on the show. Take it easy, guys. Keep up the great work. I would love that, man. Look, anything is possible. I don't, just because they're so, they're such sticklers on the aesthetic value, I don't get it. But it just hit me. I thought about it. If they did come out with, a, you know, like a super ruggedized phone, they would call it the iPhone extra hard <laughs> or, or iPhone the 10 stream or <laughs> iphone 10 hard because they don't know how to be clever with marketing with this time around yeah yeah like we were in line and these two guys one guy called the 10 and the other guy called the x and then i got them like to battle like x10 x10 <laughs> i gotta see that this is funny it was funny no that would be great i mean there is a market for that definitely uh, he's right samsung did it rugged phones like beat them up throw them around take them out on the track whatever there's plenty of cases like otterbox makes some crazy ruggedized cases spec makes some crazy ruggedized cases like there are options and i think that you're just you know their military grade spec um not the company spec but their military grade quality you know for dust protection and water protection as well on top of the fact of what the phone already has so i think you're just honestly better just getting a case yeah because Apple's not going to change that aesthetic. Yeah, they probably won't. Okay, next call. Hey, guys. This is Pruitt from Virginia. I was just listening to last week's episode about iMessage lock-in. It is real. But I've been using Google Hangouts uh, slash Google Voice integration with all of my phones for several years. Like, I don't know, since college. Like, five years now. And I love it. I love being able to text on any phone. I can pick up any phone in the world and make it my phone just by signing in to my Google Voice account. It's phenomenal. I'm locked into the Google world. Like, Google lock-in is real for me. Um, it's amazing. You know, I encourage everybody, get out of the iMessage world. Get out of that lock-in. Being able to have any phone you want and use it freely, uh, even on the text on the computer, you can make your home phone ring if people call your phone, your regular cell phone. It's amazing. Like, it's so good. But I will say, like, I, I know what you mean. People get upset at me all the time because they're like, you have an iPhone, but you're not using iMessage. What are you doing? They get upset at me. They hate me. They don't want to talk to me because I don't have a blue bubble. It's really dumb, and I should probably not be friends with those people anymore, but I will say Google Voice is the way to go. All right, guys. Love the show. Peace. That's I love cool, man. I love it, and also the fact that it tells us that we have a lot of listeners that, guess what? You love technology. It's not about Apple versus Google. 
Unless it is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we we love tech here. That's funny, though, that his, his friends hate on him for having not yeah, having the blue insecure. bubble, you know? Because there are people that <laughs> – there are people that, that value – that feel the phone that they have is a reflection of who they are as a person. And you say – we've seen it all the time. I say one thing negative about a phone or – I don't even say negative. Let's say critical about a phone. And people come out at me. They're not happy that I said their phone's not as great as they – it's like they they associate their confidence and their being – to the phone they have. I, I find that one of the most fascinating. It shows how much a part of our lives our phones are. Yeah. That they have that power for people to get emotionally angry at you if you say something about their phone. I just find that a fascinating thing of how we've changed. Yeah, it's very – hopefully that, that is a trend that will die in the next few years. I, based, on, based on reading <laughs> YouTube comments, I have not seen that change anytime soon. It's pretty lame, yeah. That's funny. All right, next call. Hi, this is Hussein. I'm calling from Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, my question is, um, I used to have the iPhone 5S, and I did pre-order the um, iPhone 10. Um, do I need to get the Apple Care with it? Um, I'm still, like, confused. I Usually, I don't get it. I don't have any usually any accidents with my phones. Uh, but the cost of fixing the screen and the monitor... Uh, on the new iPhone is very expensive, around three fifty, I guess. Um, I just need your suggestion. Thank you so much. So here, here's what it comes down to: How much will it cost to do a repair with or without Apple Care? Okay, so right, we know it's one ninety nine an upfront cost if you damage your phone's screen. Okay, and that's with Apple Care. With yeah, well, you buy Apple Care for one ninety nine. Okay. So okay, so Apple Care costs one ninety nine, yes. and they will fix your screen for free if it breaks. Not for free. I think that's like a twenty nine. There's a twenty nine dollar charge that you have to pay if you want to get your screen replaced. That's basically you're you're kind of upfront paying for the fact that if <clears throat> anything happens to your phone, Apple Care is going to cover it, and you pay like a nominal fee. Mm, but if you don't have Apple Care on your iPhone ten, and they have to do a screen replacement. That is a $279 charge. Yeah, that's the price. So you're basically saving $51 if you think your screen is going to ever get damaged. Now, here's where it comes in even more specifically. Let's say you have any other type of damage, uh, water damage or some physical abuse damage, or it just poops out and they can't even figure out, and it's outside of the warranty. If other damage is included... That's going to be a $99 fee on top of the $200 you've paid, okay? But oh, if you don't have Apple Care at all and some other kind of damage happens to your phone, it's $549. <sighs> so the savings you would get by just getting Apple Care to cover any other damage at its minimum is $251. That's crazy. So this phone is expensive. It's the highest priced Apple Care we've ever seen. But that's. You're saving $51 if you just get the screen damaged once. I think they cover it. They cover you two times, uh, meaning it'll it, you pay that like $29 fee for the screen twice before. I think then you have to pay like a higher fee. But if any other kind of damage happens to your phone, you're saving $251 by getting the Apple Care plan. So, I've always purchased Apple Care on all my phones personally. Yeah, I have to. And it sucks because it costs a lot of money on the 10. Yeah, I never. I, I think I've had to use it one time and I forget what it was about. It was like some some weird thing that I didn't, my phone wasn't in DFU mode for, for the record. Damn FU. <laughs> okay, let's, I forget what it was about though. It was a long time The ago. other thing though, 
is I use Apple Care. I have used Apple Care to my advantage when something has happened to one of my devices. Maybe it was just like on the border of being out of warranty. I'm like, can you look at my history? I buy Apple Care on every single product. And then they kind of look at me and then I go, I'm Brian Tong from the Apple Bite. <laughs> I actually never say that. I say, I'm Brian Tong from CNET's Apple Bite. <laughs> I don't say any of that crap, but they you are. You say, I'm CNET's Brian Tong. No, I say, <laughs> I'm Brian Tong, bitch. <laughs> so, no, I don't do any of that. I'm not that guy. I never will be. But uh, that does help you. Yeah. Like, I, so, I, historically, being a loyal customer helps you. That totally makes sense. Don't I, say, I yeah. just bought a phone. Say, I buy Apple Care on all my phones. You yeah. can even check it. Like, I've gotten a free pair of headphones because I went in there. I'm like, dude, I've owned every iPhone. I love the headphones. These broke. And they'll give you a free pair sometimes. What? You know? Yeah, I got a free pair of headphones one time. It was, All right. it was pretty dumb. All right, Beecham. They were being nice. Sometimes they're nice. Go you know? with your damn self. Damn. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Here's another call. We got another one. This guy has a bad apple for us. Beecham Tong, this is Tom from Ocracoke Island, North Carolina. My story of trying to buy an iPhone 10 is a big, ugly, rotten, fat, bad apple. <laughs> I get up at 3 in the morning, got my order in to Apple at about 3.15. All was good. They said they'd email me back after they contacted the carrier. Got that email, went to complete the order, and they say, no, you can't order because you get your wireless bill at a post office box. I'm like, what the? <laughs> of course I get a post office box. I live in a place where we don't have home mail delivery. We have to get it a post office box. So uh, they even the post office even gives me a hokey way to put a, a physical address in, but AT&T won't take that because it doesn't show up in the post office database. So I ended up losing my reservation, uh, had to call AT&T, jack around, jack around, and finally they put my physical shipping address in. Of course, FedEx and UPS deliver here, no problem. It's just, it's a bad apple. I love, hey, we got nothing but love for you. It's yeah. like bad apple on all parties involved. I'm just going to, let's just throw it out. He was like bad, dirty, rotten, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That was a great call, yeah, and quite, and quite the dope voice too. Oh, he's got an awesome, awesome voice. voice. He must live way out in the way out in the uh, rural area. Just a lot of texture to his voice, and we yeah. appreciate you listening, man. Thank you so much. Cool. All right, we got another call. Here we go, Shamar. Shamar. Hey, Beach and Tong. It's your boy Shamar from Atlanta. Just uh, wanted to log in a quick Apple gripe, bad Apple, whatever you want to call it, uh, about the pre-order debacle and uh, how I think that. They give preferential treatment to people who are on the iPhone upgrade program versus anybody that buys it through the carrier or buys it outright. Because last year when I did the 7 Plus, I was going to go with carrier pricing, but I had some issues with my bill, so I had I decided to try the iPhone upgrade program. Now, when I did the carrier, it was two weeks out from the street date. Um, but then when I did the iPhone upgrade program, lo and behold, I got it on the actual release date that it was supposed to be out. So I tried to go through, do that again this year, and it kept giving me like an error. And then I was trying to, I had the November 3rd date locked down, but it it changed to three weeks out. So I, that that just sucked. And I, I really think they have more for people who are willing to do the iPhone upgrade program than they do for people that buy it outright. And not to mention the 64 gig to 128 gig drop. I just feel that this, they need to care more about the customer and stop stop with the profit margins. That's all I got, gentlemen. Have a have a good day. Love. Feeling it, feeling it. Feeling it. I'm 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 there with you, bro. I'm there. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, we have one more. One more call. One more. One and, more uh, call. And he's feeling icky. Oh, getting icky with it. Hey, Brian Tong. Hey, Apple Bite Nation. I'm just calling because I just saw your video for the aftermath of the iPhone X pre-order. And I heard you're feeling about feeling icky about spending so much money on a phone. And I felt exactly the same way. After I saw how much I was actually spending on the phone, I really did question whether to keep my iPhone X or stay with my iPhone 7 or my iPhone 7 Plus. Because it was just too much after seeing how much with tax, seeing how much it was with the Apple Care with Apple Care, I was just like, I can't believe I'm spending this much money on a phone. And it most definitely did have me question whether I should even keep it or just stay with my phone that I have currently. So I just wanted to say you weren't alone. I most definitely felt the exact same way. All right. Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean whether whether people agree with me or not, I don't I'm not concerned about that. I think that Everyone's opinions are valid. I just find it interesting when people got really mad at me <laughs> for expressing an opinion that they made. That's always – I've started to see this trend where sometimes people completely hear one thing. They zone out. They get mad. They immediately go to their keyboard, and then they're they're like fixated on that single thing. Yeah. Instead of like there's more to this. There's more nuance. It's these things, opinions and feelings are not just black and white. There's – Everything is gray to me, right? Every well, there's some things that are just wrong, <laughs> but in general, <laughs> you're talking about a phone. Come on, it's it's. I felt that way after about the six S. It was like seven hundred or something. Ooh. I was like, I felt icky after that. I'm like, damn, I'm gonna hang on to this thing for a while yeah. if I can. Yeah. I'm gonna but, enjoy uh, the iPhone 10. I know I am, but I I just don't. I, I think I'm not. I, you're you're forced to get used to it, like we talked to with Scott. But the the no non-existence of the home button and the fact that the interface is really completely different than the iPads and iOS 11. And that's okay. Cause they're different devices, but man, no home button. It's going to, I think it's going to, it's going to hit people a little bit like, dude, this kind of bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. I read, I saw an article that the headline was, uh, this isn't your parents' phone. This is your grandkids' phone. That's a great, that's a great point. <laughs> you know that's a mean? great, that's a, and like I said to yeah. Scott, I'm like, I don't think this is for everyone. And he's like, yeah, it's not for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So, there's how that's how we do it, everyone. Uh, we'd love to hear your iPhone 10 stories. By the time we come back together for the next show, um, there will be many listeners that will have it in their hands. All you got to do: call us one eight hundred six one six two six three eight. Name where you're from. Just talk to us. We'll put you on the show. Other than that, have a great weekend, Beach. It's always a pleasure to be in the studio. Yeah, man. man. Gonna miss you next week. I'll be back in a couple. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Peace.